You are now listening to the Hot Take Podcast, brought to you by Full Time Fantasy. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Josh Daddy. Time to make it hot. Welcome in. This is the Hot Take Podcast. Super excited tonight, guys. It is a mock draft episode. Um, we've been doing these pretty frequently throughout the summer. Uh, Gotta stay up to date on the ADPs. Josh, what's going on, buddy? How you feeling tonight? Oh, feeling fantastic, my guy, as always. Um, always get excited for the mock draft episodes. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, you know, plus we don't have to do like a whole buttload of research for these. Uh, we just kind of like dive right in and, and have fun. And I know we will tonight because, uh, we have my, my co-owner, uh, you know, we, we co-own a a fantasy baseball team together and it's, you know, was, was until today, um, kicking much ass, but not, (laughs) not so much, uh, after today, but you know, it's okay. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Mick Chalella, um, our buddy. You can find him on Twitter at the Mick23. Uh, Mick, welcome into the hot take, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mick, I know uh, you are a busy dude. I know you're writing uh, at Fantrax still. You know, you're doing the the rankings on Fantasy Pros this year, which is pretty exciting. Um, you want to let the fans know anything what that you're up to right now before we kick off the draft? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm on Fantrax, as you said, uh, doing one baseball column uh, for the year. But for football, uh, not exactly sure. We got the rankings uh, situation, as you mentioned, on Fantasy Pros, and we have some different uh, staff rankings on, on Fantrax. And I'm going to be doing a couple of weekly pieces. I'm not exactly sure uh, what they're going to have me doing yet, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So it's going to be a crazy season. So, you know, embrace the chaos. Looking forward to it. Good yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that's awesome that you're still doing the rankings over there. Um, when I, my time there, uh, you were awesome, very uh, supportive, and good person that I could uh, rely on, you know, whenever we were doing like a mock draft or whatever. That was a good experience over there. I just had a quick question, you know, because we're about to get into this draft. I mean, can you just talk a little bit about, you know, ranking players and what that means to you in your drafts? Because I think that there's just no better way to draft than just making your own rankings. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I mean, relying on ADP, you guys know, it's very flawed for a number of reasons. You know, um, the site-specific ADP, it has little to do with your actual scoring system or roster configurations. Like, for example, you know, the mock we're going about to do is a PPR. And, you know, some ADPs take into account PPR. Some just lump everything together. So I like to kind of do my own rankings based off of, you know, league-specific uh, specs and then kind of work from there and do my own rankings that way. And and that's exactly what I do. That's exactly what I do. I think that, you know, that's the way to do it. Um, And then you can get even deeper and then you start tearing out players. And then you know that you don't necessarily want to reach out for a guy at the beginning of a tier, because, you know, if you can wait for that third guy in your tier, a couple rounds later, for instance, you know, you're, you're really winning 
the draft as far as your, you know, your rankings. So you did what you came to do if you can walk away from a draft following your rankings. Um, but, you know, speaking of a draft, uh, before we get into the mock draft, something we wanted to ask you in particular was, is there like, you know, a cool way that you have seen a, a league or maybe you've done this yourself, uh, kind of pick the draft selection? So who's going to be picking at what position? There, you know, you can randomize that in a lot of different ways. I've seen some cool, creative things. I always try to think of new ways to do that. Um, is there anything you've done in your drafts in particular? I wouldn't say I have anything uh, super creative, but the, the two things that I like to do are, are one KDS style where you kind of randomize it based on uh, personal preference. You know, so, you know, you might not want the first pick. You might want the third or fourth pick. So you could still get one of the top tier of running backs and then get somebody uh, a little bit earlier in the second round. So I kind of like the KDS style. I also like the idea, and we've done this in a couple of leagues, where the teams that barely miss out on the playoffs uh, get either the first pick or a top three pick. I think that way it keeps the league competitive and you don't have teams that are selling off players for pennies on the dollar or, you know, not setting lineups or anything like that. Everybody's fighting to get to the playoffs first and foremost, but secondarily to that, they're at least trying to maintain a high draft pick for the following year. So those are the kind of styles that I like to employ as far as the draft pick selection. Josh, I know you have something that you did that I love. Yeah, dude, I've done, I've like incorporated my kids, um, you know, into drafts in the past. Like I've gotten multiple household appliances involved, including like vacuums, dryers. Um, uh, (laughs) But I think probably my favorite is the one year my league, uh, for whatever reason, we just had like, um, you know, a couple dudes had to drop out in the same year. And it was really tough, you know, getting the league back up to a dozen players. Um, so we went down to 10 and actually rented uh, the WWE video game and brought that bad boy home. This is back in the PS3 days. And we fired that we fired up a uh, 10 man Royal Rumble. And so there's like two drafts. Like, first of all, we went reverse order of, uh, you know, drafts. So the worst team got to their first pick of the wrestler which I thought was fair. <laughs> um, and then the draw for the, the Royal Rumble, that in itself was random. Um, you know, so we had no idea what order these wrestlers were coming out. Um, right. But, you know, lo, lo and behold, when you, when you have that much randomization, um, <laughs> really it kind of made it a lot of fun. You know, I recorded the whole thing on YouTube uh, back before you could live stream. And, uh, you know, that, that was a pain in the pain in the butt to, to upload, let me tell you. But after like a day and a half of uploading and whatever, uh, YouTube videos used to do back then, you know, it was, it was ready to rock, man. And everybody enjoyed it. And that was probably the, the most uh, fun and enjoyable, uh, when it was going on, not so much the whole afterwards and uploading it, but yeah, that was a fantastic <laughs> way. That was a real fun way to get it done. Yeah. The things us commissioners have to go through, you know? Like the tedious work and efforts that we do for our for our league mates. It's a thankless job. It's a thankless job. They don't appreciate labor it. of love. Labor of love, my friend. <laughs> you know that's awesome, Josh. Because what you did to you created another draft for your draft. I mean, come on. Anytime that you're adding on drafts, like please, like give me inception of drafts. Like that's what I want. Um, <laughs> But, you know, like one thing that I'm going to do this year that I wanted to do last year 
I don't know why it didn't happen. I think we're going to pull it off this year. We're going to finally go up to my buddy's house. You know, I haven't seen him since the beginning of quarantine, uh, but he's got a pool. And one thing we've been doing, and Josh, I was telling you this, uh, you know, going into the pool in style, he's got a nice little slide. So we'll do slide shots, what we've called slide shots, where we take a shot as we're going down the slide, and then you just go in the water, and that's it, whatever. So we'll do that. But when we get into the pool, there's going to be 12 red solo cups with, an, with each member's name on there. So we slide into the pool, grab a cup, call out the name, and that's the first pick, and then go from there. That's I awesome. like it. I like it. You almost need to uh, write the name, team name on the inside with the Sharpie. So, so you can't, uh, you know, you can't really see what's going on. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, and, you know, this, this sort of thing is sparked up, sparked up the, uh, the wheels are turning for us because we're, we're going to get a giveaway going based on this idea. We're going to announce it. Um, we, we don't know what we're giving away yet, so we can't announce it officially. But we are definitely going to get your ideas. Uh, you know, what do you do? What is the coolest thing that you've done to randomize the draft order? All right. Yeah, we'll go ahead and hit uh, start here and get the draft kicked off. And uh, already, this is already a squirrelier draft than the one we did with Father and Son, where Derek Henry went number two overall. It starts Saquon. Alvin Kamara, CMC goes to the three hole like it's 2019. And then Michael <laughs> Thomas at four, Zeke at five, and Devontae Adams at six, which cues it up to me for the seventh pick. Of course, we got uh, seven, eight, nine going here. Uh, I'm, we made a little mix sandwich. We love the sandwiches here on the hot take. So I've uh, got the hot take mock draft, a.k.a. Nick draft episode. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take CEH. That's my boy. Um, you know, we talked about on our running backs episode, I'm not that high on Dalvin cook. So I'll say, I'll let him fall to one of you guys. Um, you just tune into any of the last two episodes for why I love CEH, man. You sign me up for the Andy Reid running backs and, uh, Mick, it's up to you, my friend, for your first pick at number eight. Well, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take your scraps and I'm going to draft Dalvin cook. Um, he was uh, second overall in points per game last year. I know there's injury concerns and, you know, there was talk about holdouts and this and that, but guys, a top five running back in my estimation. So I will uh, gladly take him as the uh, overall RB6 in this draft in my first pick. There you go, Steve. That's up to you, my friend. Who are you taking after Cook? Yeah, so Dalvin Cook is great at 108, first of all. In a PPR draft, that's amazing. And, you know, being at the seven, eight, nines, you know, sort of turn that we're at, uh, I knew that CEH wouldn't make it to me. Um, and I, I assume Cook would have already been gone. So I was actually hoping for Devontae Adams at this point. Um, it seems like all the PPR, like I, I think Austin Eckler is actually viable right now um, at, at the 109. Um, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. I, you know, it's between it's between Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs. Uh, we'll we'll see if Nick Chubb gets it back to me. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs here, and we'll see if Nick Chubb makes it back to me. All right, sounds good. So uh, Jacobs off the board, followed by Derek Henry, Kenyon Drake, and then the turn goes Julio and Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb goes right in front of you, dude. You just got sniped. So, you know, I, I think at the 109, it would be kind of interesting to start off the draft, Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. I guess that appeals a little bit more um, more appetizing uh, 
you know, for, you know, a 0.5 or a standard. So, you know, I didn't get Nick Chubb, but um, I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go Miles Sanders and take the upside of the 204. I think that's good value. Um, and I'm going to go Miles Sanders. So I'm starting off my draft, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. Pretty happy with that. Awesome. And then it's up to you, Mick, for the second pick, uh, 2.5. And I was really hoping that Sanders would fall to me. So, uh, Steve, you got me on that one. So uh, kudos to you on that one. I think I'm going to – I like even the PPR league, I want to kind of stack running backs if possible. So I think I'm going to go with my boy Aaron Jones here. Yeah, I had a I had a feeling you were going to go with Aaron Jones. I was just about to say I like being in this kind of back half of the first round. Um, you know, when you're at the eight or nine, I mean, you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to start off with two studs. But if you're at, you know, the six or seven, I, that's not guaranteed, man. And Aaron Jones is kind of like that last guy. Uh, that goes out of the the stud pile for me, and um, that's that's a little bit tricky. So makes the decision a little bit harder, especially when you're looking at the running back pool. Um, I mean, not unless you want to take a deep dive on Todd Gurley or somebody like James Conner. Uh, I personally don't, so I'm going to take uh, the major the major upside with Tyree Kill there. And if one of those running backs makes it back to me, um, you know, I probably will do something like that. Uh, it ends up going DeAndre Hopkins, Mahomes, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Todd Gurley. The turn for two, three goes George Kittle and Chris Carson, followed by Kenny Galladay, Leonard Fournette, Lamar Jackson, DJ. And then, of course, Connor goes right in front of me. So I get sniped uh, this time coming back around. So um, that's that sucks because I was really wanting to go for uh, running back in this spot. Um, you know, the, the true bell cows are, are really, really winding down here. Um, I got a feeling one of these guys is going to go in the next three picks. Um, but I kind of got my eye on somebody a little bit further down the board. So I'm actually going to go ahead in the third round here, uh, pick three, seven, and – I don't know if it's, it's a reach or not, but I'm going to go with my boy Juju. Nick, I like it. You. I like it. Um, I think it's time for me to take my first wide out as well. You mentioned the thing about having the pick in the back of the first round. I kind of like having a pick in the back of the first round or in the beginning. I think the middle area, like you mentioned before, is where things get a little bit tricky. But I think right here – Still in a good spot. Still got plenty of wide receiver talent on the board. I'm going to go with uh, Mike Evans here. Dude is just a perennial stud. And now, of course, he's got the the goat feeding him passes. So I'm going to take Mike Evans here as my first wide receiver at 3-8. Nice. That's uh up to the 3-9. Mr. Taroni, you are on the clock. Yeah, so what's happening, I don't know if it's the sleeper ADP. Um, or not, but who I thought would be my fourth round pick, I'm thinking is going to have to be my third round pick, and that's Le'Veon Bell. And I want to stay true to brand, and I want to draft <laughs> right here, and go running back, running back, running back, and just see how my team turns out. With the first pick, Josh Jacobs, I don't know if I would do that again. 
I think that if I could do it again, I might, I would go either Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb. Uh, but everything else, I, I, you know, I want to see what's going on with starting off the, the draft three running backs here. Yeah, and like I said, those bell cows are winding down uh, right after you pick, of course, Gordon Montgomery go off the board. Uh, Allen Robinson and Thielen get taken at the turn, followed by OBJ. And then Devin Singletary goes as the 4-3. So right before you're up, are you finally going wide receiver here? You know, it's a mock draft. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I could go, okay, so I would go Cooper Cup. I would go Cooper Cup if I was going wide receiver. Do I want Cooper Cup to be my wide receiver one? In a PPR, maybe. DJ Moore is appealing. Um, Jonathan Taylor is just very interesting. And, you know, I, I want to see what my team looks like. I just want to see what my team looks like. So I'm going to go four running backs in a row. Very off-brand, actually. You know, I mean, this – I'm known to go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver to start drafts. I just want to see what this looks like. Man, I can't believe Steve, I, I can't believe you did that. Steve, I got to tell you, I think I think you're right this year at least because wide receiver is so deep that I kind of agree with what you're saying about getting the running back early. If you stack three or four in a row, there's plenty of wide receivers later that I think you can get without any major issues. So I I kind of like that idea actually. It's it's a super um, super running back heavy. Where are you going with your fourth pick, Mick? I think I'm. And this is where it gets tricky because we just talked about it. You know, the running backs. I'm not in love with any of these guys here. You know, I think I might be better off waiting around and kind of see what comes back to me. In the meantime, you know, we've got those those tiers we talked about as far as the tight ends go, and I think. There's a very clear top five, at least for me, with tight ends. So I'm going to try to grab one now to make sure I don't I don't miss out on that tier. It's kind of a, a toss-up to me, honestly, between Ertz and Andrews. I think I'm going to go Ertz. And, you know, I, I drafted Andrews before Ertz in draft before. So I just kind of want to see how this plays out. So I'm actually going to go with Ertz here as my fourth round pick. I like wow. it. And we, we've I, talked about Ertz as being a potential value right now, um, where if you didn't take him, Mick, I'm thinking maybe he falls to maybe the 411, maybe early fifth round. Um, and, and, you know, obviously he's not going to make it back to you, so you, you want him there. But I think he's the value pick where people are going to get Mark Andrews. He's still on the board, which is crazy. And, Josh, right. I know you're thinking about him right now. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, over here on the Sleeper app, he's, you know, 45 uh, ADP, which is coming up here in a couple of picks. And uh, his teammate Mark Ingram is as well, which is gross because I really wanted to take Jonathan Taylor. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, that's not going my way. However, uh, the way that I think this draft is going to shake out um, I'm going to do something that uh, I really only usually do in best ball and take a quarterback a little earlier than I normally would. Uh, so I'm going to go with Russ here because I feel like um, this could be a year where maybe the Seahawks aren't so run heavy. Um, and that would be great because with how efficient Russell Wilson has been, I mean, the dude can get like 330 yards on like 19 pass attempts. And, you know, there's 
major chemistry with the wide receiver core. Um, and of course, just like I kind of assumed the draft would play out, um, I do get one of his connections there kind of sitting right atop the, um, you know, the ADP suggestions here, which is Tyler Lockett. Um, I, I was hoping for either DK or him to fall. This is kind of right in that range. Of course, the next, uh, the next wide receiver off the board or the next pick was DJ Moore followed by Woods, Cooper, Metcalf. So there goes one of them. Uh, and then Ridley, McLaurin, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, DJ Chark, and AJ Brown. So just a massive receiver run. Oh, um, yeah. And it's the last thing I wanted to see there. So like, you know, for me, <laughs> Taylor at the 404, you know, would I go receiver again? Probably. I think there's a lot of receivers on the board I still like, but for all of these receivers to go, because, you know, at least I want one of McLaurin, DJ Shark, AJ Brown. Not likely that they would get back to me. I was thinking maybe Shark was the only one that had a chance. But you look at Cup and Andrews going at the 501 and the 502 in a PPR draft. Yeah, I'm great with those picks there. I mean, all these fifth-round picks are awesome with AJ Brown, DJ Shark, Andrews, and Cup. and then, Josh, you go Tyler Lockett there, which I think is, an, is a great, great pick at 507. Yeah, I mean, I passed up uh, Mark Ingram for Russ, and I, I didn't think there was a way he'd make it back to me, and he actually went right before me. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like a no-brainer. I went Lockett there. But, uh, but yeah, this is definitely an interesting draft so far. Um, and, Mick, before you – uh, make your pick here. I, I think this is the value of mock drafts right here, kind of playing out in front of us. Um, you know, you're saying, hey, I want to see what this team looks like going for running backs. And, you know, now you're kind of wishing you took that DJ Moore stab or that Cooper Cup uh, stab, something like that. Um, you know, if I didn't already have two wide receivers and Hill and Juju myself, um, man, I, I would have loved any of those guys. But uh, for me, um, you know, I figured I would do something a little bit different here and go rust, but that's the beauty of mock drafts, man. You can definitely kind of map out some different game plans and see how things shake out. You know, maybe, maybe you think your team's disgusting. So uh, maybe you love it when you're done. So we'll see, but Mick, you are up now for the uh, 5.8 here. Yeah. And like you guys said, you know, the run on wide receivers is kind of making me think, you know, man, maybe I should have gone wide out in round four. Maybe I could have still gotten, you know, one of the tight ends in round five. Waller's still on the board, obviously. I'm not gonna not gonna pick him here since I took Earth. But yeah, a lot of different ways this can play out. I think before I grab another wide receiver, just because they are so deep, I am gonna try to take one more running back in the top five rounds. And I'm gonna go with Kareem Hunt. I know, you know, there there's a crowded backfield and a lot of mouths to feed out in Cleveland, but the guy was a top twenty-four PPR back in the eight games he played so you know and right now i think he's coming off the board somewhere in the 25 to 30 range uh i haven't done the actual count on our, our mock so far but i kind of like the value here yeah it's a great pick it's a great upside pick in the fifth round um you know you already have your base of cook and jones and then that third running back um if he can be an upside play that's what you want on ppr the volume he saw last year, uh, you know, if he's getting anywhere close to that, you're going to love that pick at the back of the fifth round in the PPR draft. 
um, and, and the value in, in, in passing game I'm talking about, of course. Um, but, you know, right now I'm staring at Keenan Allen. As, he's the top of the board for this wide receiver list. And I'm thinking about it, you know, do I really yeah, – I was thinking about Darren Waller. I was really thinking about Darren Waller and his, you know, 100-plus targets that he's going to get in this Raiders offense that I, I'm very comfortable with. You know, I, I could go there at the 509. I don't think I'm going to do it, but I think I would definitely consider it if I was on the clock in a real draft uh, because I, I think there's a tear break there. I, I really do. Uh, but I'm actually going to go Keenan Allen because I'm looking at the back of the fi- fifth round. I can walk away with Keenan Allen, who is a perennial wide receiver one. No, I don't have him ranked that way. I don't have him ranked as a wide receiver one, but could it happen? Sure. Um, so, you know, what, what if Tyrod just airs it out a little bit and, and Keenan Allen can get some more air yards now? You know, maybe he's going to be looking for him. I mean, Allen's still fast. Yeah, we know he's a technician, but, you know, he, he still can get deep. So I, I'm taking a little shot there, Keenan Allen. You know, I'm going to be drafting a lot of receivers here. Um, so Stefan Diggs, uh, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Cortland Sutton, all receivers that go off the board. Darren Waller goes off the board and Cam Akers. So now I'm looking at upside. I'm looking at the wide receiver position. Not really looking RB right now. I mean, Ronald Jones is interesting to me. Um, but, yeah, I'd rather wait. And, I don't, and if he doesn't make it back, I don't need him. I have four running backs. So I'm going to go wide receiver here. Um, and I'm going to get my guy. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get him right here. I'm going to get Will Fuller. Uh, we've been talking about him. And, you know, in the sixth round, I, I, I would get him in the seventh round. I think when it comes to the real thing, I'll wait. But. Right now, I'm looking at, you know, all these players, you know, Hollywood, you know, Devontae Parker, all these guys. I think actually the highest upside is with Will Fuller right now. So I'm all in on Will Fuller. Yeah, for sure, man. The uh, After last week's episode and, um, you know, the live stream from Wednesday, um, that is not a surprise, man. You got the uh, – that's your, that's your dude. You can put the your dude sticker on him. Yeah, and, give, give it a, my dude sticker and give it to me because I'll. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'm all about the high upside, um, Nick. That's why I loved your Kareem Hunt pick. Um, some might consider that a reach, but in a PPR, I, I don't think so, man. I think he's got major skills. Uh, we said this on the live stream. You don't see many former rushing champions as the quote-unquote passing down back, but uh, I think he's going to eat, man. And um, you know, same with Will Fuller. I love that you guys are kind of making these picks. Uh, Mick, who are you looking at for the 6.5 here? Well, I'm looking at a wide out. You know, we got to fill some needs here. So I'm going to go with a guy who was a top 12 receiver last year and can arguably get more targets now that a couple of wide receivers on his own squad have opted out of the 2020 season. So I'm going to grab Devontae Parker here as a target maggot, and I think he can get, you know, 150 targets and Whoa. put up some big numbers. Oh, man, 150 for Devontae Parker? Okay. <laughs> I like it. I mean, look, hey, look, if he gets 150, and if they're Ryan Fitzpatrick, all from Ryan Fitzpatrick, oh, baby, Devontae Parker's a top 10 guy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, he had 128 last year, so it's only you yeah. know, one or two more a game. So it's, it's possible. It's in, it's in the realm. I love it. All right. And then uh, next pick, I'm going to go, and it's going to hurt me because I know I'm going to miss my guy coming back around. But I, I got to get a running back, man. So 
it's either between DeAndre Swift and Ronald Jones. Um, I'll just go ahead and play my Lions homer card and take DeAndre Swift. Um, there's really no, I mean, he's really the only starting running back left other than Ronald Jones. So, uh, of course, Rojo goes right after that. And then my guy, I was talking about uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, there he goes, pick six, eight. It was, it was fun while it lasted. But uh, J.K. Dobbins, his teammate, goes right afterwards. And then we get a mini QB run. We get Kyler and Drew Beers before the turn comes up here. Six, seven turn goes James White and Deshaun Watson, uh, followed by one of Watson's targets and Brandon Cooks. And then we have Gallup, Gronk, and Hayden Hurst going off the board. So that's probably one of the earliest I've seen Hurst actually get uh, get taken here. So I'm a little bit surprised on that, um, but at the same time, uh, also not surprised. Um, and then followed by Marlon Mack here, um, who I was kind of compl- uh, contemplating if he was going to be uh, still there at the 7-7. Seven, uh, seven, seven. But instead, I'm going to go with my guy, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent, Mr. Super Safe Floor with access to to a ceiling at times. And uh, we talked about on Wednesday's live stream how I think the Browns offense is definitely uh, on the way up. I think we were just maybe a year early on some of this. They've added some weapons. They've you know massively upgraded that offensive line. I do see a lot of good things in the future for the Browns. I'm going to take my dude Juice Landry here, uh, put my my dude sticker on him. There we go. And then Mick, you are up for the 7.8, my friend. I am. And I think it's time to, uh, to address the signal caller position. They're starting to fly off the board and yet there is still a guy who I have in my top five, who's still available. So I'm going to take Mr. Dak Prescott here as my QB. Nice. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I was literally just about to say that, you know, Deshaun Watson going before or going, I'm sorry, after Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, you know, even maybe Russ, it can be argued. I mean, Deshaun Watson at the seven, in the seventh round, when you consider the guys that are going after him, that's such a value, but even more of a value for Dak Prescott right there. I mean, that's pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, he's a lot of people's number three overall. Um, you know, actually, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson today just because, like, I was hoping maybe he would get back to me in the seventh or the eighth. I was going to play it by ear if he if he made it back to me somehow. But, um, you know, Deshaun Watson has moved up for me. You know, we've been just talking about him. We've been talking about Will Fuller. We've been talking about this Houston offense in general. Oh, yeah. Deshaun, you know, I'm a fan. Yeah, he's he's moved up uh, over Kyler Murray for me for, for 2020. Um, I still have Dak as my fifth overall. I have Dak at four or five. I can't remember, but I have I put I've put Deshaun Watson over Kyler Murray at this point. So it's well, I mean, to- this this Drew yeah. Brees going in the sixth round. Uh, we obviously have a Saints homer. Like, why would you take <laughs> Alvin Kamara at the second overall pick, and then you you want to get Drew Brees? Um, yeah, a little questionable. Yeah, he took I think a def- Kamara over CMC and Brees over Watson and Dak. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we got a, a Nola homer on board here there's there's no doubt about it but uh but steve who you who who do you take in uh at your seven nine yeah well hey, look that's gonna happen in in leagues right i mean you're gonna have the saints homer or the cowboys homer so that's super super realistic for like a home league draft um 
I'm going <laughs> the wide receiver position. You know, I got uh, Keenan Allen with, you know, wide receiver one upside, um, you know, with what I think could be a safe floor. Uh, I don't draft Keenan Allen ever. I, I drafted him today because I went four running back. So then I get Will Fuller just to make sure I get him in the sixth round. And then I can come back with Tyler Boyd at the 709. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really, really, that's my favorite pick so far, I think, Tyler Boyd, because I mean, he can be a 90 reception guy again. You know, he just did that last year. 90 catches, 1,000 yards. A.J. Green is back. And, you know, there's people that are disparaging A.J. Green. Well, okay. Well, then you must like Tyler Boyd. I mean, I think that there's a world where, you know, if Joe Burrow is throwing 600 passes, A.J. Green can catch 60 balls. But the target monster is indeed – Tyler Boyd, and I think he's going to be a PPR uh, machine. So I am coming back in the eighth round. Um, let me take a peek at the running back position. Yeah, and while you're doing that, we had a few running backs go off the board. Had Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, uh, who I'm apparently like one of the only people that like Jordan Howard this year. Um, so both Finn's backs going back to back. That's interesting. I can, I can see why Brita would go ahead of Howard in PPR, but um, I'm, I'm going to be patient on, on Howard myself. I, I think that he's one of those dudes that, you know, he's just he, like every time he goes to a team, like he takes away carries from somebody that somebody else loves and you you get scorned. You get pissed because Jordan Howard's like hogging all the good goal line touches and he's he's getting all these snaps and it's like, you know, you wish the dude wasn't playing, but coaches just love Jordan Howard. I mean, really the only knock on him is he's not a good receiving back, but he does everything else pretty well. He doesn't do like any one thing outstanding, but he does everything pretty damn good. And that's why coaches love him. Um, so, you know, he goes off the board there at the seven eleven. the turn goes Latavius Murray. One of my dudes that I like that I was kind of had in my back pocket here. Um, that's a little surprising. So I'm gonna have to kind of go to plan B, but Julian Edelman goes after that uh, to complete the 7-8 turn, followed by Evan Ingram and Tom Brady. And, Steve, before you before you make this eighth-round pick, I know we're spending a while between your picks here. Remember that one time we did this mock with Mick and you took four running backs straight and then you started, <laughs> you started hammering receivers? Well, look over your left shoulder at uh, your buddy there in the 10-hole in the uh, who, who went – Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Melvin Gordon, Devin Singletary, Cam Akers to start oh, the draft. Yeah. And if and if that wasn't enough, he goes AJ Green, Matt Breida. So this dude has six running backs in his first eight picks. On the edge, man. You know. Wow. Wowzers. And if AJ Green hits, maybe that can be viable, you know, but it's still like I like I don't even feel comfortable right now. Like the way I'm doing, it. Like, <laughs> I need receivers to feel like I don't even. Know, is, I don't even know. Is this a three receiver? Uh, it, it is. It is. Oh, indeed. there you go. Yep, three receivers. So well, that, three receivers, two flexes. Yeah, and you hit it on the head, man. I mean, AJ Green has got to be the AJ Green of old, or else this dude's team build is not going to work. But uh, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off for him. <laughs> Yeah, I actually like AJ Green, but I would not want him as my uh, as my top receiver. That would make me nervous. <laughs> I'd be much more comfortable with him as a two or a three. Right. Exactly. And you know, Josh, I had this whole thing planned where I was going to be like, "Hey, if I could get seventy catches in the eighth round for my running back and 
you know, with a player name, uh, nicknamed uh, the human uh, joystick, wouldn't you take him? And, you know, I'm looking at Tariq Cohen here, which I'm like, I know he's going to get 70 catches. Uh, and, you know, he can be a highlight reel. Um, so Tariq Cohen was actually going to be my pick. But three wide receiver, I'm, I'm really rethinking that. And I got to get Marvin Jones here, um, you know, because I think that he has upside of 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like, that's what Marvin Jones can do. So let me put that on my team and make sure I have uh, at least four receivers right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's solid. And Marvin Jones, very, very underrated. I mean, he, he started kind of getting some traction there uh, right around the time we did our appearance on the SFB Podathon. You know, there was a lot of guys on the Podathon talking about Marvin Jones, I noticed. And ever since, man, he's kind of been picking up some steam. So uh, nice pick there in the eighth round, man. I mean, he's, he's a stud. So Mick, interested to see what you do here with your eighth round pick at the eight five. Well, I love Marvin Jones, and he was going to be my pick if Steve didn't take him. So I will, uh, again, I, I will take your guys' scraps. And since uh, Tariq Cohen is on the board, I will go that route and pick my receivers later because I do think there's a little bit of a tear break after Marvin Jones. So I'm a big fan of Jones this year. I think he's going to have a big year. So I'm going to wait on receiver for another round, and I'm going to take Cohen here as uh, hopefully a flex play for me. Yeah, if Tariq Cohen doesn't get three touchdowns again and he gets like six or seven, I mean, we're talking about Tariq Cohen as like a fifth or sixth round pick. But, you know, it's like we could go back and forth year to year with Cohen. Like, oh, let's let's reach for him. And then he disappoints. And it's like, oh, let's, you know, Tariq Cohen, he's right. a flat. And then, you know, he could pop off again. So, you know, I, I think that there's upside there that people aren't seeing. And the base of 70, 60 or 70 catches for Tariq Cohen, I mean, he had 104 targets last season, guys. So. Three Cohen is super value right now in PPR leagues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of PPR backs, I'm going to go with Zach Moss here. Um, this is one of my favorite rookies. And I got all three of my running backs are rookies now. So um, huh. just notice that. I mean, hey, you, you got to well, hey, play him young. But in this uh, COVID season, uh, it might be one of the worst strategies I've ever came up with. <laughs> but at the same time, like if this, you know, was a semi-normal season, um, Zach Moss has some passing chops, man. Um, I saw a tweet by Graham Barfield, um, who would mention that Zach Moss was right in line with Joe Mixon and Kamara as far as like yards created from, uh, from past receptions. And, um, you know, very interesting to stit, uh, statistic when you consider Zach Moss should be also getting most of the goal line work there. Um, of course we had Paul Charchian on a couple weeks back and his hot take, uh, which we'll get from you at the end of the show, Mick, uh, your hot take for 2020. But uh, his hot take was that Zach Moss was going to outscore Devin Singletary. So when you're talking about literally getting one at the 4-3 and getting one at the 8-6, well, that's exactly half price. So I will be happy to take a half price Buffalo running back uh, and pay half of what Devin Singletary costs to get Zach Moss, who has receiving upside and goal line work in his future. So uh, very, very much like those prospects. Um, so we'll go through the second half of the eighth round and the first half of the ninth round here after Zach Moss goes Matt Ryan. So uh, pretty much everybody except a couple teams have their quarterback now at this point, followed by his former teammate, Kev, uh, Tevin Coleman, which is pretty decent value in the eighth round, followed by Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, Philip Lindsay, 
the 8-9 turn goes Antonio Gibson and Manny Sanders, followed by a little mini running back run of Sony Michelle, Alex Madison, and Carrion Johnson. So Sony going uh, this late here at the 9-2. Uh, you, can't do it. You, you can't do it. He's going he's gonna to miss eight games. So that, you know, <laughs> if, if, if it's announced that he's definitely going to miss eight games, he's not a ninth-round pick. So, you know, I, I think that's definitely, you know, an ill-advised pick. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, this is our Saints homer, so he's still <laughs> – Oh man, he's he's still, he's he's still tilting. He's tilting that Latavius went at the at the seven twelve. So he he's still he's still losing his shit, man. But uh, we had Darius Slayton. Slayton goes off the board as the first uh, Giants wide receiver. Which uh, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just in the majority here, but um, I just feel like that is kind of odd considering some of the. Uh, consistency that we've seen from Golden Tate. Um, you know, of course, our buddy Bob Lung, friend of the show, will will tell you firsthand that Golden Tate's one of the most consistent NFL receivers out there. Um, and then with somebody like Sterling Shepard, who if he can just stay out on the field and stay healthy, he's been shown that he can be uh, very productive as well. Um, maybe not as consistent as Tate, but uh, then we get someone like Slayton, who's you know seen playing time only when those dudes are kind of injured and beat up uh, is when he kind of has, has shown that he can produce. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how this ends up playing out. Um, so it swings back to me here in the ninth round. And man, I, I, I pretty much hate like everybody that's available. This is like one of those dead spots in the draft for me. And, you know, I, I've already taken a quarterback. So like that's off the table for me. Um, when you're looking at the tight ends, uh, really Hunter Henry's like the only, the only guy that I would consider at this point since Hayden Hurst went so early. Uh, but yeah, then pointed that, uh, Tyler Higby got sniped for me, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm such a, um, anti Tyler Higby, uh, Stan that I just don't, I can't, I can't justify taking him. I'm just glad that he's falling to the ninth round here. Like, and he's not like a seventh round pick like we've been seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Like some of these drafts, you've seen him go in the sixth and seventh. And I mean, I'm, I'm so, I think that the Hayden Hurst, you know, at seven, five is, is much, much more reasonable than taking Higby there. Uh, in my opinion, especially when you consider him and Everett have like the same, uh, you know, yards per target or whatnot. Uh, that they saw like last year, they were literally getting the same action. So it's, uh, it's that's somebody I'm not going to invest in. So I'm glad that this dude kind of uh, fell on the sword for me, if you uh, if you want to say so. But uh, it's it's tough, man. It really doesn't leave me with a whole lot of options. Um, I mean, there's like rookie receivers out there, um, which sucks because I don't want to take take any more rookies. But I guess if you are going to take some rookies uh, and that's what Justin did on our father son mock draft, uh, he took a bunch of rookie running backs and I kind of jabbed him for it. Um, so, you know, if you guys want to hate on me for doing the same thing and being a total hypocrite, that's total, that's more than fair, but I will go ahead and take Hunter Henry here. Um, I feel like if I partner him with a, with another decent tight end, uh, I can kind of stave off some of that injury risk that comes with Hunter Henry, but, uh, that swings it over to you, Mick, for your ninth round pick at the nine, eight. So Josh, it's funny. Cause I actually really love this part of the draft. The main reason is because of the rookie receivers. I just think that 
there is such a diverse and deep rookie class that I really think some of these guys are going to be standouts from the jump. Having said that, I only have two receivers thus far, and I want to get somebody a little more stable. So with this pick, I'm going to take my boy uh, – this is my homer pick. I'm going to take Jamison Crowder. Uh, He was actually a top 30 PPR receiver last year, even though, you know, Darnold missed a month and the offense was just, you know, terrible. And I'm hoping it'll be at least a little bit better. Can't promise, you know, a top 10 offense, but I think hopefully they'll be a little more consistent. And uh, Crowder's going to get his. I know they brought in Perriman and and drafted Mims, but Crowder is a Darnold's go-to guy. So I'm going to take Crowder as my uh, third wideout. Dude, you totally, you totally threw me off the scent, bro. You were talking about rookie receivers, and I thought for sure you were going to go Dak Stack and take C.D. Lamb. Not only was he sitting right there as the uh, the top of the uh, the wide receiver ADP, um, you know, which by the way, PSA, um, you, you know, we're just using the the site ADPs right now, but you guys should really kind of have like your own. Um, you know, trusty PPR rankings or whatever format you're doing. Um, you know, if it's tight end premium, this is not, for example, this is not super flex either. We're starting two running back, three wide receiver, a quarterback and a tight end and a couple of flexes. So, um, but yeah, Mick, you totally, you totally tricked me, brother. You were talking about how you love these rookie receivers. And I was going to say, and I do, <laughs> I was going to say, and, it kind of depends. Be one. Well, this I is, this is interesting. One. Because so after you take Crowder, Steve, it's on you. And you're one of those three teams that does not have a quarterback yet. And there's a quarterback out there that there's two actually that I feel like are the best available players on the board. Um, And you could definitely stack one of them uh, with uh, one of these rookie receivers that we were talking about. Uh, who I think is viable. I think that's a viable stack that you can rely on. But interested to see what you do here at the uh, 9-9, my man. Which stock, stack are you talking about? I, I missed that. I'm sorry. I'm thinking I'm thinking a, a Wentz and Jalen Rieger stack is uh, kind of tasty here. Yeah, so definitely that's what I was looking at was Rodgers and Wentz, I guess, could be considered the best available to get either at the back of the ninth round. You're doing great. I'm going to yeah. get a back with my last pick in this draft we're doing 13 rounds I'll, I'll wait till the 13th round to get a quarterback there's too many on the board i like um so i'm going to actually go because keenan allen is my wide receiver one right now right what have i been chasing since that is like a what my wide receiver one well i'm going to get my wide receiver one out of this draft class and mick was talking about it. i thought he was going to grab cd lamb but i also get a piece of the cowboys offense which we've talked about on this show is a great fantasy offense. So now I have a piece of that. One of the best values in that offense, uh, other than Blake Jarwin, who we've talked about too. So yeah, now I got CD lamb. I think he can get something like 80, 90 targets this season. And something that we're not really talking about is Amari Cooper played a lot out the slot last year and his, you know, off the line burst is average. So when we talk about Amari Cooper, I think we think of the, first round pedigree and the route running and the hands and, you know, the big plays, but he is pretty average when it comes to like, you know, the metrics of, you know, the burst off the line separation at press coverage. So what if we see Amari Cooper in the slot a little bit more and CD lamb 
is now in the position to be that X receiver. I mean, he is the prototypical like wide receiver one. So like this upside with him, you know, I don't get him in a lot of places in drafts for 2020. I have him in dynasty, of course. Um, so the way I feel about CD lamb is like, yeah, he, he could be a wide receiver one in this league sooner than later is, is how I feel about CD lamb. After your pick, of course, um, the yes. two quarterbacks I was talking about were Josh Allen and Carson Wentz. And of course it goes, Rodgers, Allen, Wentz, back to back to back. Our dude in the 10 hole, we'll just call him Ben at 10. Uh, he's <laughs> like, hey, I'd rather have two quarterbacks before I even get my second receiver. Um, <laughs> not not something we recommend, people. Um, but the no. turn, the 9-10 turn uh, goes uh, Wentz followed by Hardman. Uh, then two of these rookie receivers, Henry Ruggs, followed by Jerry Judy, and Steve, are you going with another rookie receiver here, or what are you going to do at the 10-4? Uh, so I've hammered receiver. I feel pretty safe there. I could probably not draft another receiver for a while. We're only doing 13 rounds. Typically, a draft will be a little bit longer. We're just doing this for time's sake. Um, so I'm going to lock up my tight end one here and go with Noah Fant. Upside, for me, he's you know my highest ranked tight end, so I would draft him here. Typically, you know, if we were in like a 16, 17 round draft, I may wait. There's a lot of guys here I like, uh, but I'll just get him now because um, I kind of have a plan with what I'm going to do for my next two picks. Uh, and those are running backs. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unless uh, unless Mick uh, gets crazy and goes running back here. But uh, I got a feeling Mick might be breaking my heart here. Uh, this is your 10th round pick. You're at the 10-5, Mick. Uh, you going receiver again? I'm going to go receiver again, and, and please don't mistake me not taking Lamb for uh, any anything other than the best no. of intentions. I, I love C.D. Lamb. Your justification so. of Crowder over Lamb is sound and logical. I mean, he's a PPR machine. No right. doubt. So, so with this pick, uh, I'm going to take somebody who I think is going to have a pretty big role in his team's offense this year. He is a rookie receiver. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson. Love it. The uh, targets vacated by Diggs have to go somewhere. And, and, you know, Kyle Rudolph's not going to get a ton of work. And, you know, they got Rudolph and Irv Smith and no one to oppose Thielen on the other side. So I'm going to go with Justin Jefferson here. All right. All right. I see. I thought uh, I thought you were going to go with Jalen Rieger. So I will uh, I will go ahead and scoop him up a little little mini rookie receiver run though with uh with jefferson rieger just shortly after judy and rugs um that brings us to the second half of the 10th and first half of the 11th here with daryl henderson matt stafford Keyshawn vaughn jared cook and cam newton going off the board there so a couple teams now uh three of it to be exact have two qbs the turn for 10 11 goes pollard and boston scott and we go Chase Edmonds, Duke Johnson just after that, followed by Christian Kirk, Damian Harris, and A.J. Dillon. And that's going to break it to me. Um, so the way my roster construction is set up, I now have five receivers. Uh, I also have uh, just three running backs, which is kind of terrible and not uh, really at all the way I, I typically draft. Um, so I feel I feel gross taking like – two of the guys that I want here. So I'm going to kind of wait on running back just a little bit longer. And I mentioned when I took uh, Hunter Henry in the ninth round that I want to be sure that I ended up 
pairing him with somebody that I feel like is going to be a, a capable uh, secondary option. And for me, there's a couple dudes out here that definitely fit that bill. Um, mainly TJ Hawkinson and Mike Gusecki. So those are the dudes I'm debating between. Uh, for me, I'm going to spread a little bit more Homer love and go with TJ Hawkinson. Um, I just think the upside's tremendous. We saw it in week one. Uh, he got hurt kind of shortly after that and was just banged up throughout the year. So I definitely think we're going to see a big time sophomore campaign from TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so he's my guy here in the 11th round, which swings it to you, Mick. Uh, still doing this this mix sandwich here. You're at the 11.8. Who are you looking at here? It's tough because there's a lot of different directions we can go in. I mean, again, you know, Steve mentioned before, most most drafts have 16, 18, 20 rounds. We're only going 13 here. So, you know, a little bit, little bit tricky on which direction I want to go to, but I'm going to take a running back here. I'm going to go with uh, DeAndre Washington. I know uh, your boy CEH is, is probably the lead dog there, and that's not really a question, but that offense is so good. And, you know, there is a chance that they give the veteran a little bit more work than most people anticipate. So I want a piece of that, off, that Chiefs offense. So I'm going to take Washington here. I like it. I like that pick a lot, actually. That's uh, somebody yeah. I, sh- I was kind of considering. He was one of those guys that I mentioned. Um, did not think he was on anyone else's radar. Uh, I'm such a fool. And I'm ashamed. How dare I? <laughs> there are receivers on the board here that I'm considering. I thought I was going to take a running back. Um, I think I'm not. I think I'm going to actually get one of these receivers. We have Sammy Watkins available, uh, who is being underdrafted, you know, getting a piece of that uh, Kansas City offense with a talent like Sammy Watkins. I think he needs to be drafted more. You're getting him in the double-digit rounds. It's great. Um, so you don't have to do anything for Sammy Watkins. I'm not going to get him here. Deshaun Jackson, also viable. Sterling Shepard, Anthony Miller. I mean, the 11th round, all these picks are great picks. Um, I, I think that I'm actually going to go Golden Tate and and get the, the PPR um, scoring. You know, I feel like I have a receiver there who I can plug in each and every week. Um, so I couldn't just, like, walk away when I saw, you know, Golden Tate on the board and what I think maybe this Giants offense can be. Yeah, I love that pick. I mean, especially in a PPR league, you know, I already made my case for him being the best, uh, I guess, the receiver in the Giants uh, receiver room that you want to own. This draft really kind of really plays that discrepancy out, though, with Slayton going in the ninth, Tate in the 11th, and then Shepard in the 12th round. Um, that's definitely not at all how these guys are ranked. So it's uh, it's interesting to see the way that they're falling off the board here. Um, so we go Sammy Watkins immediately after your pick. Not sure if there's any instant regret there. Um, but followed by AP, Danny Dimes, Justin Jackson. Then we go Deshaun Jackson, who you just mentioned, Steve, followed by Sterling Shepard, who I mentioned. And then there it is. Your boy Josh Kelly at the twelve, the twelve point four. I know, I know. You talked about him on the live stream Wednesday a little bit. Um, yeah, really but- about him. Uh, you know, if you're going to a draft, you just get Josh Kelly at the end of your draft, and then you know you're walking into at least you know 150 carries uh, for an offense that I think can be a little bit more productive than people think on the ground. So uh, Josh Kelly, just you know, I don't have to get him in the twelfth round. I got him here just to get him because uh, you know. I, that's just what I do. I draft Josh Kelly in 2020 offseason. <laughs> Things get right. weird in 2020 with, with COVID and everything. 
And I just have to drink. No, I'm kidding. I, you can get them in the 17th round. So don't worry about that. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, on brand, draft Josh, Josh Kelly. Yeah, staying on brand, love Bell with Josh Kelly. Your backfield yep. is looking very Taroni. So. <laughs> Nick, it's on you, buddy. You have the 12-5. Who are you going with? So here's where I, I regret going Crowder over Lamb a little bit because the receivers that are popping up, and I know it's only a mock, but the receivers coming up have the same bye week as Crowder and Parker, and I'm only drafting, you know, five or six wide receivers. So I'm going to try to go with somebody who will get me some playing time. And, you know, much like uh, Justin Jefferson, going to take the uh, secondary target on an NFC North team. So I'm going to take uh, Alan Lazard. Got to get somebody besides Devontae Adams involved, you would think. So I think uh, we're going to go with Lazard here. Love outstanding it. pick. Oh, absolutely outstanding pick. Um, you know, I took him in Scott Fishbowl. And a lot, I found a lot of people that were drafting at the turn in Scott Fishbowl uh, were ending up with Alan Lazard right around that same, uh, that same area there in the 12th, you know, 13th round. Uh, even later in some instances, um, when I got him, he was a screaming value. He, you know, he might not be like the best wide receiver two out there, but he is a wide receiver two for his team and he is going to get looks. And, you know, from what all the beat writers are saying, I mean, he's got a defined leg up on everyone else there. So uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. I know you mentioned some of the receivers um, going off the board uh, had the same bye week as your, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder with week 11 and, I instantly knew that you were talking about uh, Brandon Ayuk and, of course, Anthony Miller, Preston Williams, yep. all those guys, John <laughs> Brown, literally four of the five receivers that go in the next uh, 12 picks, the back half of the 12th and first half of the 13th are those guys. So, uh, And we also have four quarterbacks go, Roethlisberger, Hooper, Jared Goff, and then we get Ayuk, Miller, and then the turn goes Baker Mayfield, Preston Williams, followed by Michael Pittman. Uh, the only receiver that didn't have a week 11 by uh, then we get Joe Burrow, who I don't know if that stings a little bit there, Steve, but oh, um, yeah, these quarterbacks, man, there's like, everybody's got two quarterbacks. It's like, must be the year to get a backup quarterback apparently, uh, which we uh, wouldn't recommend normally in uh, in a 12 team, one quarterback league, but uh, Anthony McFarlane goes off the board after Burrow. Naheem Hines goes after that followed by John Brown, uh, which swings it to me. And, uh, and I'm going to go ahead. I don't know if I, uh, I don't know if I talked about my 12th round pick, but that was Carlos Hyde. Um, just one of those guys that has, he's like the new Frank Gore, you know, had his first thousand yard season last year, which doesn't seem right, but believe it or not, that is exactly what happened. So um, this is that point in the draft where you're just kind of taking lotto tickets and, and hoping that some of these guys pay off. And that's exactly what I'm going to do with my 13th round pick going with Chris Thompson. He was the receiving back for Jay Gruden those years in Washington. He loves the dude. Absolutely productive in a PPR league. And Nick, that swings it to you for the last round here. Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to take a, I mean, I could take a backup tight end or a backup quarterback, but that just seems kind of, kind of silly in a mock. So I'm going to take another uh, receiver here. And I'm going to go with uh, Mike Williams. You know, Steve mentioned the Keenan Allen love with the uh, with the Chargers. And I think, you know, Taylor airs it out quite a bit. We saw that a little bit in Buffalo with Sammy Watkins and even Marquise Goodwin to some extent. 
So I, I think uh, I like Mike Williams as kind of like that last round flyer, you know, more of a best ball type. But in this format, I'll take a shot with Mike Williams in my last pick. Well, speaking of a thousand yards, that's what Mike Williams had last year. So he's yep. being completely disrespected. No one knows what to do with the Chargers. I think there is so much hidden value on the Chargers team. You know, I picked Josh Kelly, you know, jo- Justin Jackson's another guy, Mike Williams. I mean, Mike Williams is you're not going to get a cheaper 1,000-yard receiver. Uh, so that, that's just a great pick right there. And I, I was certainly and I, and I think I have And I think I have Tyrod Taylor in every single super flex and, you know, best ball deep league that I've done so far. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Chargers. You're, you were right, Josh. Joe Burrow going off the board. Yeah, I would have loved to have my QB10, especially since I have Tyler Boyd. I get that nice stack. I love having in a redraft league my stacks to be kind of like – it's my third receiver. It's not necessarily my wide receiver one because I'm not relying on that stack every week. It's like, yeah, if it hits right. – um, Right. So that's kind of how like I would have loved that. But Joe Burrow goes off the board. So I'm in full uh, stream mode at that point. And so I've talked about before Jimmy Garoppolo, super slept on. No one cares about Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you know what? If you're streaming and you draft a quarterback and he doesn't have a good week one matchup, I don't know what you're doing. So I'm just going to stream the position. And Jimmy Garoppolo plays the Arizona Cardinals week one. And I know that the dude who just got paid, George Kittle, is scoring at least one touchdown. So if Jimmy (laughs) Garoppolo can throw just another touchdown to Brandon Ayuk, or uh, another one to George Kittle. I'm happy. Like, I'll pick Jimmy Garoppolo. He has a few good weeks there at the beginning of the season. So, yeah, I could just ride him out for a couple weeks there. Yeah, and uh, and quite handsome, as uh, as everyone likes to point out as well. So, uh, you know, you got that going for you as well. But, uh, you know, just crazy that everyone basically uh, – <laughs> I should say everyone that's not a, uh, a sleeper bot uh, basically <laughs> took two quarterbacks – so a little weird, um, but it's, it's two things stand out to me in this draft. And one is some of the receivers that are still available. I mean, you know, we have been pining over the potential for Robbie Anderson. Uh, you know, we've discussed how Hunter Renfro is going to get his share of targets this year. Um, you have guys like Nikhil Harry. Uh, who, you know, the last time we did a mock mock draft episode, uh, he, you know, he went off the board uh, much earlier than the 13th round, I believe. Uh, guys like Brashad Perriman and Denzel Mims. Uh, Mick, you know, your hometown receivers. Like, those guys are all still on the board after we've drafted 13 rounds here. And you also have uh, a little bit of unprecedented de- uh, depth here, probably to the likes that we've never seen before at the tight end position. I mean, Johnny Smith didn't even go off the board. Steve, after you picked the last three picks of our draft, were two tight ends, Gasecki and Jarwin, and then Shady McCoy in between there. Oh yeah, uh, but Gusecki and Jarwin in the thirteenth round is just silly, you know. Like that's that's awesome right there. Yeah, so Johnny Smith not getting taken. Um, you know, I, I, I honestly, if this is like a real league, I, I don't think anybody's gonna be taking you know uh, two quarterbacks like there were. Uh, so I do think Jonu Smith would probably go off the board a little earlier and maybe a couple of these other receivers so people can have, you know, a little more depth, uh, you know, especially our dude that only drafted four receivers here. Um, 
that's that was a little odd but uh you know these aren't these aren't perfect but they are good exercise um and it does make you kind of realize things um you know anything stand out to either of you guys uh on this draft mick i'll throw it to you first well i think it's like you said i think a receiver is so deep that i i think it makes a lot of sense to to go heavy running backs early because there are just a ton of receivers you know i, I know josh you said you didn't like the the middle rounds as much but i kind of love you know those values in the eighth ninth tenth even eleventh round i mean you, you know you're getting guys like golden tate in a in the 11th round of a ppr league i mean that's a good value to me so i think a lot of these receivers in the middle rounds are are going to exceed their adp yeah the running backs really got pushed up in this uh steve who do who else do you did anything pop out to you on this well i just wanted to say that you know i wouldn't have done this <laughs> i wouldn't have gone <laughs> i wouldn't have gone for running backs i don't think like I recently, you know, have been enthralled with what Jonathan Taylor could can be. Um, but realistically, at the 404, that's still, you know, kind of risky. I mean, like, this is what I've been thinking about, like Kareem Hunt and, you know, guys like that, that we, you know, that were rookies that we took a shot on or maybe we passed up. They really hit. And, you know, Josh Jacobs, another example last year, right? We just saw it, um, you know, fourth round pick that, if you faded him, you were mistaken. You could have walked away with an RB1 in the fourth round. So that's what Jonathan Taylor could be. So, yeah, I, that's why I got him there. And, you know, I mean, you know, Mick, you started off very interesting. I, I like that, you know, you're getting a tier one tight end in the fourth round and you're getting two stud running backs. Is there anything you would have done differently um, in, in a real draft? I think in a real draft, I I probably would have taken another running back instead of Ertz. Um, you know, no, obviously one of those things. Knowing now, you know what I know then, <laughs> sort of thing. You know, Andrews Andrews is still available around later. Waller didn't go to the sixth round of this this draft, so I don't see much difference between Ertz and those two guys. So I think I probably would have been better served to either take a running back or possibly even, you know, go the DJ Moore route there and then take my tight end around or two later. Yeah, that's true. DJ Moore, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. I mean, all of these guys are like great picks. I can, you know, Terry McLaurin creeping into the fourth round there. And we love Terry McLaurin. And I think we kind of alluded to it. We, I forget who we were talking to. But the question was Terry McLaurin or DJ Chark. And I think all three of us picked Chark, right? right. So 412 McLaurin goes off the board. Cooper Cup goes after him. DJ mm-hmm. Chark, AJ Brown, all three of those guys I would comfortably take ahead of McLaurin. AJ Brown, you know, there's this perception that he's just a yak guy, that he's just a big play guy, that he's not a big reception guy. Why? I have no idea why that's perception right now. AJ Brown is best served in the slot and Ryan Tannehill is his quarterback. I mean, he peppered Jarvis Landry with targets for years. So AJ Brown has this upside that, you know, his, his value right now is so funny because like I thought going into this year that he would be like a third round pick. And it's like all these other players like Ridley McLaurin that are getting kind of the hype, you know, DJ Moore, and deservedly so, DJ Moore should be drafted, I think, ahead of those guys, or most of the guys I just mentioned. 
And Nick, thanks for joining us on tonight's mock draft. Um, and where can everybody find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at the Mick two three, and uh, you can catch me on Fantrax as well. Doing weekly columns for them with uh, when the football season begins. But exactly not sure what I'm doing yet, but we'll make it uh, we'll make it entertaining, and we'll make it happen. That's awesome. Yeah, check out Fantrax uh, and all of Nick's work over there. I'm super excited. Uh, please tune in next week. I want to announce that we're going to have Michael Fabiano on the hot take. Um, of S newly of SI fantasy. So we're going to get him in here, represent the full-time fantasy network. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, maybe we'll throw some ADP sandwiches at him. Maybe we'll throw some sandwiches. You know what we should do, Josh? We need to find that uh, bad Santa boy, that little boy from bad Santa, who's probably not like a boy now. I'm sure he's grown, but like, he's not doing anything. Right? <laughs> he just join us for, for a podcast and just do the sandwiches thing. Yeah, you never know. We never know. We could get him to uh, take a break from his from his next commercial gig, and uh, you know, maybe maybe slide in for just at least a quick ten seconds so he can like repeat that line. Exactly. Yeah, we'll do it up for Fabs. Maybe we'll get uh, the little boy from Bad Santa in here. Uh, <laughs> no, we're not making any promises, though. Yeah, no, no promises, <laughs> Fabs. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. On behalf of uh, our special guest, Mick Josh Daly, this has been the Hot Take Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Please subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, check us out on iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.